Hello, and welcome to another installment of The Weird Chronicles. Each episode, we bring you tales of action and adventure from Malifaux and the other side. On today's episode, we have the conclusion of Genie in the Bottle. In part one, Rasputina learned that Sonya's mask may be a vulnerability. That mask keeps the tyrant Cheruf trapped within Sonya. Rasputina intends to use this information to her advantage. I hope you enjoy the conclusion of this story. Sonia couldn't remember the last time she had felt so angry. The burning sensation of that ice blast against her throat and chest felt like an insult, heaped upon the injury already dealt by her distrustful peers. She had taken this damned thing and bottled it up, had used her own body as a prison to save their sorry skins from the tyrant, and still they looked at her like she was the villain. The silent one had bolted like a rabbit, but she wouldn't escape. Crid would hunt her to the ends of the earth if necessary, and when she caught her, she'd burn the flesh off her frozen bones. The mounds of snow were lessening, but Crid didn't care. It only meant she could run faster and catch that insolent arcanist all the sooner. The goading voice in her head egged her on, told her to ignore the crushed snow underfoot. The fact that it was flattened by many layers of footprints was irrelevant. Run, chase, catch, kill. Ignore the alley mouths, the ambush points, the kill zones. None of that mattered. Only catching her impudent prey mattered, making it suffer, making it squirm and squeal. She ran on. Samael shouting behind her cut off abruptly, but she ignored it. Her arcanist prey would not escape. Shapes were moving around her, cold blue-white figures coming out of the shadows from the doorways and around the corners, but Crid ignored them. The flying heels before her were all that mattered now, the fleeing prey. Run, chase, catch, kill. The thing inside her exalted at the approaching triumph. She ran harder. Samael squinted up at the huge, shaggy shape, feeling hot blood drooling over his lips and chin. The Wendigo had a bestial, almost simian face, but something very much like a grin split open its mouth and thick, bone-crushing teeth glinted. Seven feet tall and muscled like an ape, the totem seemed all the larger with its thick, insulating layer of hair. A lesser man might have quailed at the sight, might have lain insensible from the blow to his head, might have lost his drawn pistol as he crashed down in a heap. Samael Hopkins was not a lesser man. He shot the Wendigo through the ankle, taking grim satisfaction from the loud crack when bone smashed and the creature toppled forwards to its knees, wide-eyed shock replacing its confident leer. Those bloodshot eyes widened further when Samael's gun muzzle thunked to its open mouth and the back of its skull evaporated in a discharge that rolled the length of the alley and sifted snow from laden roofs. Samael lurched to his feet and wiped at his face with a sleeve. Blood was speckled across the snow in a rude fan where the Wendigo had collapsed, more a cranberry-smeared fur coat now than an animal. Grid was gone, 
only the evidence of her bull-like charge was still visible in the snow. He'd never catch her now with such deep drifts. His eyes flicked back and forward across the alley. And then he had a thought. With a grunt, he hauled himself up on the nearest roof. Rasputina sensed the approaching tyrant before she saw it, or rather the presence inside her did. December twisted with anticipation and apprehension as the angry entity thundered towards them, spurring on its guild vessel like a jockey whipping a thoroughbred. Her silent one bait sprinted across the courtyard, sixty feet below Rasputina's perch, bare feet throwing up little puffs of snow. A streak of fire followed her, and then the blue alley mouth bloomed like an orange flower as Crid raced into view. The arcanist had picked her spot carefully. Standing toe-to-toe would have handed the advantage to Crid. She had nothing to match the witch-hunter's bullets and blades. Instead, she had set silent ones at compass points around the courtyard of the old steamworks, and she herself stood on the second floor, where the southern wall of the building had collapsed into a snow-covered rubble slope, giving her all the space she needed to flex her magical muscles. She had clear line of sight down to the kill zone, and Crid was running straight for it. Not wasting a second, Rasputina crouched and threw forward her fists, feeling the power of December streaming from her and whipping the cold air into a blustering gale. As the temperature dropped sharply in the gathering cyclone, glistening shards of razor ice formed, filling the storm front with lethal hail. Some preternatural reflex warned Crid, and she twisted like a cat. An orange whirlpool of flame ignited around her outstretched palm, and the howling gale blasted into her hasty shield, driving the witch-hunter back ten yards on one knee and leaving a deep, smoking trench in the snow. Rasputina pushed harder, and the roaring cone of ice and cold intensified, turning blizzard white and engulfing Crid. She could see the other woman's duster snapping like a flag in high wind. The ice shard slashed and scored it in a dozen places, shredding both sleeves and rattling against her steel mask. Despite the surprise attack, Crid proved her immense capability by regaining her feet and taking two steps forward into the ice maelstrom, both palms raised against the winter tempest. Her flame shield was growing and brightening, forming a swirling hemisphere that flashed and spat at the ice shards. Rasputina could feel the power in her opponent like a surging wave. It both exhilarated and terrified her. She had suspected the witch-hunter's power would have magnified under Cheruf's influence, but just how much had been an unknown quantity until now. She wasn't worried, though. She had planned for this. Her silent ones were ready and as one they moved forward. Magical energy crackled, and Crid vanished for a second time as streaking white ice slashed out from every corner of the courtyard. Air currents spun violently, while the witch-hunter was blasted from all directions by pillars of cold, and a massive cloud of boiling steam belched into the air from her wavering heat shield. Rasputina could no longer see anything in the howling tempest, other than flashing sleet and ice, and the shimmering distortion of Crid's defences. Jagged ice formations began to form around the nucleus of the battle, 
twisted nightmarish spires that melted and refroze a hundred times as pulses of flame and ice shuddered back and forward. The center of the courtyard was hissing like a living thing when the gunshots began. Rasputina flinched, until she realized it was cobbles in the courtyard exploding from titanic temperature-induced stress. Pieces of stone, some glistening with frost, and others smoking like sulfur, ricocheted around the enclosure. Rasputina was straining. They were all straining, with the sustained effort. The whole courtyard was now an icebox growing long ice fangs under the screaming arctic winds. White frost spiderwebbed the brickwork behind her, and the iron railings on the northern side of the yard squealed as they deformed and snapped. But Crid still resisted. The arcanist could hear her teeth squeaking in her gritted jaw as she poured everything she had down into the courtyard. A section of wall cracked as the spreading frost spears broke through the ancient mortar. The northwest corner of the courtyard began to collapse and then stopped dead in midair when it grew an inch-thick coating of glacial ice. But Crid still resisted. December had whispered a warning had shivered at the prospect of facing Cherouf's rage wielded through such a potent guild weapon. But Rasputina had one card left to play. Glinting, crystalline figures burst from the frozen-over snowbanks around the circumference of the courtyard, racing on short legs and leaping into the rippling blasts of ice that were focused on the staggering witch-hunter. The gamins were blasted straight into Crid, crashing through her weakening heat shield and sinking sharp ice talons into her thighs, shoulders, arms, stomach, and mask. Rasputina had known from the outset that the only way to win was to separate Crid from her mask. Everything else was just window dressing. When the witch hunter was weak and distracted enough, all that was needed was one sharp claw to uncork the genie. And then, the heavy mud and snow-covered boot slammed into the small of her back and kicked her clear over the side of the building. She was too astonished and winded to manage so much as a scream. Samael watched the slender arcanist tumble head over heels with blue eyes the size of hen eggs. She crunched into the snowdrift that was now a frozen ice chute and rolling to a sprawled stop some sixty feet below, motionless, boneless, and quite possibly dead. The silent ones staggered as a spell broke, and their blasting ice columns were cut off as abruptly as closing a faucet. Samael saw Crid at the heart of the former maelstrom, half engulfed in a gang of twisted little ice gamins. She was ripped and bloody, her mask had been frosted over, and her clothing was brittle with ice but she was unbowed as she clubbed the snarling, clawing things with her fist and pistol butt. Samael stepped to the edge of the steam factory's upper story, preparing to leap down and wade in, when one of the vicious gamins slashed at Crid's neck. She twisted away, but the glinting talons bit into her jawline and pulled. He saw, as if in slow motion, the mask being wrenched upwards and then spinning free like a coin flipped from a giant thumb. It skidded away across the ice and snow, and for just an instant, Crid's naked and familiar face stared up at him in almost comical surprise, and then her eyes turned black as volcanic glass. 
The courtyard vanished in a fireball so bright, Samael couldn't even shut it out by clapping his arms over his face. Impossibly high-pitched shrieking filled his ears, but he couldn't tell whether it came from the atomized gamins or the steam that blasted from every crevice and crack in the shattered courtyard. There was a figure moving at the heart of the conflagration, but it didn't look even remotely human. Silent ones were scattering from the blast, and the shape turned to follow. White flame washed across them, and they instantly turned to ash, leaving a glowing slag of molten stone behind, where the bricks and cobbles dissolved. Samael could feel the heat belching from the shape at a distance of a hundred feet. His clothing started to smoke as the air turned to unbreathable soup. The building under him lurched, and he realized with horror that the courtyard and buildings around it were softening. They were beginning to melt under this brilliant assault, sagging like taffy as the center stones of the courtyard sank into the ground, looking like the glowing mouth of a volcano. In seconds, the entire courtyard would be a pool of spitting lava, and he would be a cinder unless he figured out a way to shut down Cheruf. The mask had skidded to the very edge of the courtyard and lay half-buried under the last of the melting snow. It was his only chance. He vaulted from the slowly drooping building's upper floor, free fell thirty feet and hit the sloping ramp of broken rubble, now devoid of snow. Water rushed down the slope and came in rivers from the alley mouths as tons of snow melted in seconds and huge geysers of steam blasted into the air when these tributaries hit the expanding lava pool. Samael rolled through the steam blasts, the flesh of his face and hands scalded, and ran for the edge of the courtyard. The wall of heat chased him, setting the trailing edge of his poncho aflame, but he reached the mask and snatched it up. Incredibly, the metal was still cold and felt abnormally light in his hands, almost insubstantial. The shape in the fireball swung to face him and opened dozens of limbs as if inviting an embrace. Through the shimmering heat distortion, it looked like a burning forest. Samael swallowed at the prospect of Cheruf's flaming embrace, but Crid was in there too, and she needed his help. You ain't never dropped it yet, boss, he shrieked and ran at the burning apparition. Sonia was in agony. Cheruf had surged out of her like a geyser of black tar, engulfed her in its stinking embrace, swallowed her whole. It was like being submerged in an oil sea. Every kick to reach the surface was a monstrous effort, and yet she only sank deeper. The tyrant was using her. She could feel its evil will siphoning her power, pointing her like a weapon as impossible heat and energy boiled out of her. She fought but its power was absolute. She could easily defeat a thunderstorm with her fists. And it was free. There was nothing that could stop this avalanche of hatred. Nothing to... Something smashed against her face. The howling fireball vanished, snuffed in an instant, and she hit hard stone, the back of her skull striking the ground and making her jaw rattle. When the impact subsided, she realized that the suffocating oil sea was gone. Cheruf was gone. A heavy, insistent pressure was bearing down on her head, pushing something cold and unyielding against her face. Boss, 
said an awfully familiar voice. Boss, you right again? She swallowed and took a breath. The foul reek of burning stone and hair that filled her lungs didn't really qualify as air, but it was still the sweetest thing she had ever tasted. Boss, said the voice again, sounding tight with pain. You gotta give me a sign here. Samael, she croaked. Her voice sounded terrible. You're not gonna freak out on me if I lift off, are you? He asked, only I'm kinda on fire here and it hurts like a witch's kiss. She cracked open an eye. Samael was sitting on her chest, his face lobster red. He was holding her mask down with both hands and his poncho was on fire. Get off me, she snapped, shoving him away. He immediately set to hopping around, yelping as he dragged off his burning robe and throwing it to the ground to stamp on it. Sonia coughed bronchially and rolled over, using her palms and knees to get at least part of the way upright. The stones under her were hot to the touch, and as she opened the other eye, she saw she was crouched at the edge of a smoking pit almost a hundred feet across. The cobblestones had been blasted black as far as she could see, and the centre of the pit was giving off orange light and immense heat in equal measure. Samael finished kicking his smoking poncho around and offered her a hand. Feel better? he asked as he hauled her up. Compared to what? she retorted. As they surveyed the damage, Sonia became aware of a dark shadow deep within her, swirling ceaselessly like a wild beast. So, Jeruf wasn't gone after all. But at least he was back in his cage. Rasputina? she asked. No sign, said Samael. She's a slippery one, though. I doubt we've seen the last of her. That's what worries me. I'm a damned fool. Don't talk that way, boss. We all make mistakes. Rookies make mistakes, she snapped. I should have seen that ambush a mile off. Well, maybe you had other things on your mind, Samael offered. In my mind, you mean? Either way, you're not at your best. That much is certain. Sonia looked at her charred, scalded companion. You saved me. Sure did, Samael grinned. Trigger, you just have to buy me a drink now. She chuckled, but inside she was cold with the realization that Cheruf had very nearly escaped. His forceful will had been a factor in her headlong rush, but he couldn't take all the credit. She had let her rage get the better of her, and that was a mistake that she could only afford to make once. Samael must have sensed her mood. He nudged her gently. Hey, boss. It ain't all bad, he said, wrestling to keep his face straight. I like what you've done with your hair. She reached up with soot-blackened hands and felt twisted ratty spirals and smoking ends. Funny man, huh? You want a drink or a punch in the gut? Samael shrugged, grinning. One's much like the other in this town. Sonia's laughter echoed over the fire-blackened rooftops, as they headed for home. That's it for another episode of The Weird Chronicles. 
Join us next time for more tales of action and adventure.